The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Marvelous. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The pot of thunder and rock and roll. And it's Friday. It's Remedy for Boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride. Boom. I gotta be honest with you, it's pretty funny. It's like one o'clock in the morning. I'm in a hotel room in New York City. I couldn't think of any cowbell songs, so I decided to do We're Not Gonna Take It. As soon as I kicked into it, I'm like, if anybody is next door to me in this hotel, they're going to lose their shiznit at some dummy playing cowbell at uh, one o'clock in the morning. But that's what's going on because I am here uh, doing my book tour for the best in the world at what? I have no idea, which has gotten off to a huge start. Uh, raucous crowds in Long Island and in New Jersey and in Staten Island. Uh, so much cool stuff. If you haven't checked out the book, what are you waiting for? If you're listening to this show, you obviously like music. You obviously like wrestling. You obviously like me. At least I hope you do. So you need to go check out the best in the world at what I have no idea. Uh, I'm reading uh, another selection from this book coming up. Also, I got The Miz and Justin Roberts coming up. Justin was let go from the WWE this week, kind of a shady circumstances. We're not going to be talking about his uh, dismissal because this conversation was uh, recorded a couple months ago with The Miz and Justin 
Justin Roberts. It was the last night of WWE's Australian tour. We were there in August. I was scheduled to do a podcast with a living legend, Hall of Fame WWE performer who decided he didn't want to do it. So Miz and I were hanging out. And I said, Miz, you want to do a podcast? He said, sure. I grabbed uh, Justin Roberts, called him up. He wanted to do it as well. Um, so it was about one in the morning. We had to be at the Perth airport at five. So we had till about three to uh, lay out a podcast. And we had like 30 hours of travel time ahead of us. So uh, we recorded a podcast at just towards the end of the hour. The batteries ran out of my recorder and the plug-in fell out of the wall and the entire podcast was lost. So in true Jericho fashion, I said, well, let's just do it again. So we decided to record another one right then and there. And the funny thing is, the second time around, it was even better. We didn't talk about the same stuff that we talked about an hour before. There were that many great stories. We talked about Santina Morella, one of the Miz's favorite wrestlers. We told some great Vince McMahon stories. And we heard, most important of all uh, and very relevant to this week, we heard Justin explain why he became a WWE announcer and not a wrestler, uh, how the announcer voice of his works on the lady some great behind-the-scenes stories about the night uh, both Miz and I returned to the WWE, about the first night I made my debut in the WWE back in 1999, traveling stories as Miz and Justin were uh, traveling partners. Um, I think you'd be really interested in this because also I wanted you to get a chance to know what Justin Roberts is like. Very passionate guy, uh, very much loved being in the WWE. It's kind of sad that he is not there anymore, but he seems to be cool with it. He actually wrote a very nice little uh, paragraph on it that I'll read out to you about it. Justin Roberts, great guy, uh, great ring announcer, and I wish him well. And I think you're going to get a chance to get to know him. And, of course, you all know Miz, who got louder and louder and louder as the podcast went on, which is uh, I wouldn't expect anything less from Miz. So a great behind-the-scenes mid-tour conversation between Jericho, Justin and the Miz coming up. But before we get rolling today, I need to say thanks to all of you for doing your Amazon shopping through my links at podcastone.com. Amazon's a proud sponsor of Talk is Jericho. And remember, every time you shop at Amazon through one of my links, Amazon gives a small percentage of your purchase back to the show to help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, and Amazon Canada. A, just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the pod. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You can get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. For example, uh, the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Maybe the new Theory of a Dead Man record, Savages. We just finished up a tour with them. Or how about the new uh, Texas Hippie Coalition record, Ride On? We're going out on tour with them in November. Or you can also get the best in the world at what? I have no idea. Burn it up the charts, selling like hotcakes, 100% great reviews. If you want to check it out, do it by going to my Amazon link. Remember, it's not going to cost you anything extra. No extra fees or extra charges. If you happen to be doing some Amazon shopping, remember you can help out this show and me in the process. Once again, podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Eh? Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You can bookmark it as well so you can get those links in one easy click. Okay, so I've been on this book tour for the best in the world at what I have no idea in New York City for the last four days. Jam-packed, get up at 7, go do all the press, all the morning radio shows, satellite radio, uh, web series, web shows, 
VH1 The Buzz, where I got to hang out with Nick Lachey. Uh, they seem like a very cool guy. I always love going to Sirius, where I got to hang out with Jose Mangin, my buddy at uh, Liquid Metal. I saw Scott Ian, and we did Eddie Trunk together. Scott's book is called I'm the Man, the story of that guy from Anthrax. If you uh, like to read books, this is a great rock and roll memoir. You can buy it, once again, through my Amazon links. Uh, I got a chance to do Opie with Jimmy or- Norton, and Russell Brand came on, never met Russell, and right off the bat we were uh, having a laugh, uh, just busting each other's balls, having a great time. He seemed like a really, really nice guy and very politically inclined. I didn't really know much about that. And then we started uh, busting out big words from each other's books. He used like allegory or something like that or gogmagog or some kind of a weird English word. And I, I busted out Brobdignagian, which uh, I think means giant from my book. And uh, we just really got along well, had some good chemistry and some good synergy. And then uh, I went and did a couple other radio things and then got called back into Open Anthony because Cheech Marin was in there, who I did celebrity duets with, if you remember that thing, that abortion that I was in back in 2006. But Cheech was a great guy and it was really good to see him. Hopefully, maybe it's point i'll be able to get him on uh on this show so it's just a really cool time did some great in stores we sold like 500 books tonight at ridgewood we sold 300 books the night before in long island uh so many people coming down great to see everybody great to see people that have all three books great to see people that are just uh, checking out a book for the first time we are going to be continuing the book tour uh, tonight I'm switching coasts all the way over on the West Coast, heading over to Lake Forest Park, Washington, in the Seattle area at Third Place Books, October 17th, Friday, October 18th. I'm hitting um, our fine military, Fort Lewis and Fort McCord in the Seattle, Washington uh, region. I know it's not close to that, but, you know, it's an hour, hour and a half away. October 21st, Dallas, Texas at the Barnes & Noble Lincoln Park. October 23rd, Brandon, Florida, Books a Million. October 25th, Tampa, Florida, Barnes & Noble, Carrollwood. Come on! On down and see me if you uh, want to say hi, if you want me to sign your copy of Best in the World or Undisputed or Lion's Tale or Fozzie Records or Y2J Memorabilia. Just come and hang out and just know uh, it's going to be very, very cool. So um, I've read a couple chapters from Best in the World over the last few weeks. You guys seem to like it. Uh, this book is one of those type of books that when you pick it up and start reading it, it's hard to put down. So if you're going to read this book, it should come with a caution. You must have, you know, five hours of free time. But if you don't, I'm going to help you out and uh, read a chapter here and there. This is chapter 45. It's called The Queen at Live Aid Principle. I still had a few months left on my contract, but since I was leaving after SummerSlam to go on tour with Fozzie, I was the lame duck of the company. I had a decent feud with Zolf Ziegler that ended with him beating me on my last Raw, which caused me to get fired again. It was a scenario that was decided on two hours before the show began, when Vince decreed that general manager A.J. Lee was going to force me to put up my career against Dolph's money in the bank briefcase. So Vince, Triple H, and I sat in his office, going over different scenarios right up until the last minute. Can anybody in this place think of a damn decent finish? Vince snapped in frustration before deciding that after Dolph beat me, I would drop him with a couple of code breakers and leave the ring with a smile. It was a fruit feeling to walk out of that arena with Y2J chance ringing in my ears, knowing that I had passed the torch to Ziggler to help get him to a new level. Now it was time to hit the road and take Fozzie to a new level as well. After all the momentum we gathered from chasing the grail, we wanted to keep it rolling by making a new record as soon as possible. Of all the hard work we've done over the past few years, it paid off for we'd been signed to Century Media Records, one of the biggest metal labels in the world, by our old friend Paul Gargano, who was now an A&R guy with the label. CMR was the biggest record company we'd ever signed with. 
was the perfect place for us to showcase who we were as a band. Knowing that we were now under a huge microscope, Rich and I set out to make the best album of our, of our career by writing the type of songs that we did best. It had taken us a few years to get it right, but the sound that the Duke had crafted for Fozzie and started with Stuck Mojo consisted of very heavy groove-based riffs combined with melodic vocals stacked with multiple harmonies. If Metallica and Journey had a bastard child, it would be Fozzie. With so much at stake, we wanted this new record to be our black album. Just as Metallica had done in their breakthrough record years before, we were looking to write a cohesive unit of songs that had a similar vibe and feel, but still had the diversity we were known for. If any song didn't fit that edict, it was dropped. Rich concentrated on writing the catchiest hooks of our career, and if you couldn't imagine an a cappella doo-wop band gathered in a back alley, snapping their fingers and singing our choruses, he knew it wasn't working. We thought Sandpaper was catchy enough to be the first single off the record, but when I was tracking the vocals, I felt something was missing. I wondered what it would sound like if there was another voice in the chorus, like a duet. My kids listen to the Hits 1 channel on XM whenever I drive them to school. Cheyenne and Sierra love One Direction, and Ash digs Imagine Dragons, although all three like Fozzie. And I noticed that while many Top 40 artists featured guest artists on their songs... Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys, Lil Wayne featuring Nicki Minaj, Vanilla Ice featuring Gerardo, and so on. Rock bands rarely did. So I called Shadows and asked him to take a listen to the demo and consider doing the vocals for the pre-chorus, A Cat Scratch, A Whiplash, A Witch Hunt in Black. A few days later, he called me back and said he'd love to be involved, but was going to do two different versions. The first one the way we wanted him to do it, and the second one the way he wanted to do it. Our hard work paid off as Sandpaper by Fozzie featuring M. Shadows was a success, spending 12 weeks in the top 10 on XM Octane, What's Up Jose, and was the perfect representation of the sound of our new record. We'd entitled it Sin and Bones, which Rich came up with when he sent a text describing how he was turning to skin and bones on a European tour from lack of food, but autocorrect stepped in. When it came time to do a video, I was having a problem figuring out how we could do one without Shadows, whose vocals were featured so prominently in the track. I had the idea of using the moving camera in the woods gimmick from Evil Dead to mask the fact he wasn't there. Then Rich took things further by suggesting we do a full-on Evil Dead homage and found an old cabin in the middle of the woods outside of Atlanta with an adjacent creepy graveyard that we could use for, for the set. I called my old friend Sean McEwen, who had directed Albino Farm, and he wrote an excellent script treatment that perfectly fit the vibe we wanted. Over the next two days, we shot fittingly eerie short film featuring Sam Raimi's moving camera gimmick, hellacious demons attacking the cabin, Fozzie being possessed, and satanic vines that molested us and caused our demise. It was an impressive piece of work, especially considering the budget we had, that got even better when Shadows called last minute to say he wanted to be in the video. Sean and Gargano went to his hood in Orange County to film in on a green screen so we could insert him in the video whenever we wanted. Shad's only had a few hours to get everything done, so I got worried when Gargano called me to say there was a problem. Shadows refuses to film anything until he gets some red licorice. I knew Shadows liked to chew on Red Vine's licorice whenever his throat was sore, but he was only lip-syncing for the video, and I thought he was being a little bit of a prima donna with his request, but he was doing us a huge favor, and I wanted to keep him happy. Well, if he wants Red Licorice, then get him some Red Licorice, Paul. Gargano fired back that it wasn't his job to drive around looking for Licorice and said Shadows would have to get it himself. I flipped out and told him to stop effing around, but Paul never replied. A few minutes later, he sent me a picture of a pouting Shadows mid-tantrum with his face turned away from the camera and his arms crossed. I couldn't believe he was acting that way, but I continued blowing up Gargano's phone, telling him to go get some damn red vines. Damn it, Gargano, don't blow this for us. Get him some effing licorice. 
The next text I got was a picture of the three of them laughing and giving me the finger. It was boots all over again and a tremendous rib on me. Licorice or not, the sandpaper video was also a success, amassing over a million views on YouTube and winning the Rebel Life Media Award for Best Heavy Metal Video of 2012. Now that we had a great video and we're confident we made our best album ever, we were hoping everyone would agree. Our hard work was vindicated when Cinnabones became the best-reviewed album of our career. Esteemed English rock journalist Malcolm Doan called it a masterpiece. It was also our biggest-selling record and our highest-charting effort when it debuted at number one on the Billboard Heat Seekers charts and cracked the Billboard 200 at number 143. It also opened the door to the biggest tour of our career, the 2012 Uproar Festival, headlined by Shinedown and Godsmack. While we played a few Uproar dates the year before, this time we were asked to headline the second stage for the entire six-week tour. We played 30 minutes a day and got a great reaction on most shows, especially in Indianapolis, when we had six circle pits and eight pairs of flash tits. That's a total of 16 boobies, by the way. Since our set was so short, we decided to adapt what I call the Queen at Live Aid principle. Inspired by Queen's legendary 1985 performance at Wembley Stadium in London, it's been voted the greatest gig of all time, they stole the show with only a scant 20-minute set filled with pure energy and less talk, more rock. It was all the time they needed, and I wanted Fozzie to have the same seek-and-destroy attitude. The Shinedown guys respected our work ethic and dug our sound. I spent most of the nights after the show riding around in golf carts with a guitarist, Zach Myers. He had a skeleton key that started the carts in all the venues across the U.S., and we cruised the woods surrounding amphitheaters, scouting out hidden graveyards and secret streams, and searching parking lots for stragglers. We found some in Dallas when we saw two girls drinking in their car at 2 in the morning after the show. I grabbed my artist laminate, walked up to the window, and tapped it with my finger. The chick in the driver's seat slowly rolled down the window with a worried look on her face. I flashed my laminate and said, Dallas police, are those open containers? She mumbled that they were, but they were waiting for her boyfriend to come get them and weren't going to drive. I berated her for drinking in public and told her that she was in serious trouble with the law. While I was in mid-scold, a pickup truck pulled up and her lumberjack of a boyfriend unfolded out of the front seat, asking menacingly what was going on. Paul Bunyan changed his tone when I flashed my laminate badge and said, I think you should drop the attitude, son, and watch how you speak to the Dallas police. You don't want to end up in jail with these two, do you? He backed off immediately and began apologizing for his girl's behavior. I confiscated the bottle of Jack they'd been simping on and told the girls to get out of the boyfriend's truck. If you return to this car within the next 12 hours, it will be impounded and you'll go to directly to jail. Do you understand? All three of them nodded their heads and promised they'd stay away. There was a new sheriff in town and I had the laminate to prove it. I had so much fun impersonating a cop, I think that's illegal, right? Oops. That I encouraged the whole tour to join in when Fozzie hosted the inaugural Cop Stash Bash, Rich's idea, the best after-show party of the tour. Everyone was required to wear a mustache or grow one of their own like I did and dress like 70s cops. There was gallons of red and blue vodka punch, donut holes, and a DJ that played nothing but disco. The bash was a huge success, and afterwards we were celebrating on our bus when I glanced out the window and saw Rich approaching the front door. There was a partition between the driver's area and the lounge, so I pulled down my pants and bent over to give him a surprise. I heard the sound of the sliding door opening, but Rich didn't react. That confused me. I couldn't figure out why there wasn't a giggle or at least a groan of disgust. Suddenly, everybody in the lounge burst out laughing. When I turned around, Rich was standing there with his pants down, eyes closed, and ball bag tucked between his legs, silence of the lamb style. We looked at each other and gasped in unison and hiked up our respective pants, realizing how close we'd come to my bare ass grinding into his naked nutsack. Ah, yes, life on the road. So there you go. 
Ah, yes, life on the road. So many great road stories, Fozzie stories, WWE stories, Jericho versus Michaels, Jericho versus Mysterio, Jericho versus Punk, Jericho versus Brazil, Jericho versus Vince McMahon. If you haven't got the best in the world at what I have no idea and you like my first two books, go out and check it out now. All right, thank you so much. All the plugging is out of the way. And now, The Miz and Justin Roberts. But first, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. All right, we had a uh, real crazy moment. I have uh, here in Perth, I got The Miz, and I got uh, ring announcer Justin Roberts, fine, fine gentleman. Uh, two good friends of mine. I grabbed them, brought them into the hotel room in Perth. We did one of the greatest podcasts of all time for over an hour, and then the uh, recorder died and did not save the actual interview. So we're going to give it the old college try and do it again because we don't have to leave Perth for another hour and a half. But the best part about it is that you're not going to have to give the old college try because the thing is I have so many more stories. And I was like, God, like we're not even getting into this. We're not even getting into that. We we had gone over an hour and it was like, man, like we have to end this soon. And I have no idea where to end it because we were just getting started. Yeah. You know, it was was good stuff. And Justin, uh, first podcast ever? This would be number two. What was number one? Cabanas. That bastard. Yeah. I don't know Colt Cabana. He's, he's now my rival. He's great. He's now my he's, rival. He's a great guy. What's so great about him? He's a great person. He's a great performer. <laughs> he's a great podcast host. You should I have think, him on the show. I, I honestly think I that. I, I, I thought that, he, that that is one super, uh, one person that I thought would have made more of himself in the WWE. Cabana, right? Yeah. Such a like great Scotty Goldman in the WWE. But People don't remember him. Vince, they brought him in as Scotty Goldman. Like, yeah. What does it even mean? And, and then he had, he had like an internet show that... It was funny, but it wasn't like I think he was just getting but he's a, a grasp very of everything. Yeah, got a good character, right? Yeah, absolutely. I remember when he was doing like Scotty Goldman, which I'm not sure exactly what I meant. He had like on his tights, like um, kind of his old school Batman, like pow, bam. It's like gold man, steel man, <laughs> like silver man. The thing about him was I'll watch some like videos of him, and I, I just can't help but laughing because he's so funny and just comedic. It's, it reminds me of Santino Morella, like. That kind of comedic yeah, yeah, yeah. genius that that you'll remember, like I, I like we do three hundred shows a year, right? And I will watch Santino Morello's matches so every night of the week because I will laugh so hard because of them. It's kind of that that same yeah. realm, but he's a bigger guy and knows really really is. But a guy like good. Santino is so uh, important to the show. Because okay, wrestling obviously you got to be serious, and there's world champions, and there's TLCs, and but there's always a room for the guy with the comedic value. I mean, I remember since I was a kid, like I always loved the guys that were just funny, yeah, funny guys. It, it, you didn't have to actually like the the like always the top guys are like always going to get all the time, all this, all that. But Santino Morella is my favorite character to watch because you never know what he's going to do, what he's going to okay. say, how he's going to do right. it. Favorite Santino moment. Favorite Santino moment. Uh, can you think of one? I, uh, I can think of a million of them. I love when 
I think for the first time ever, he was just try, he he wanted to do this this thing called the Cobra, <laughs> and I looked at him and went, "What?" And he goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes, I, I got this new finishing move, and it's the Cobra, and and he showed it to me, and I go, "That will never work. It will was never work." It will never Elbow, work. His wrist. And, and, and yeah, and th- and then I go, then I go. Wait a second. This is either not going to work, or this is going to be the most genius Greatest move in the history of genius moves. And I've 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 been counted to one, two, three from the Cobra. <laughs> I've been hit in the throat by the Cobra many <laughs> yeah. times. It hurts. How about you? Best Santino Morello moment. I Justin? can't pick just one. Um, there's like three that come to mind. Okay, well, I mean, just think of one. think of him doing a walk, uh, like like. Hold on one second. I'm just going to walk the rope in a fast-paced walk. I have a reason for that. It's because he's actually a speedwalker. Yeah, he's he actually <laughs> a speedwalker. And like, you think, like, what? Like, there's actually a thing that you watch on like, an ESPN Ocho where <laughs> <laughs> they'll have speedwalking. And Santino is an excellent speedwalker. He's won speedwalking races, and he's also an excellent roller. I'm like, what do you he- but I'm like, what do you mean roller? Like, like joints? It's like no, like rolling, <laughs> getting on the ground and rolling from one side. I've had I've had matches with him where I tried to catch him in the roll, where I tried to give him elbows, and he just roll and roll, and it was. How do you know? I, you, you just you just don't know what he's gonna do when he's gonna do it because he's so. When you talk about unorthodox, that's unorthodox because you don't know what the hell he's going he's gonna roll you speed walking <laughs> to his advantage. That's not wrestling. <laughs> So random. What did you have? All right, so the tea party with Vladimir Kozlov and Seamus. I don't remember that. Tell me. We were in, I think it was... Boston, of course. Was it England? It was England. England, We were in England, and it was like a talk segment with him and Vladimir having tea, and then Seamus was their guest, and it it was ridiculous. (laughs) It was awesome. How about the dance contest? I was hoping do that every week on TV, and it was just a one-week How about the dance contest between Vladimir Kozlov and Santino Morella, nobody can beat. By the way, they were doing this on live events for weeks upon weeks. Nobody could beat Santino Morella because he was just so above and beyond anything right. that they were going to be come up with. Then it comes on TV: Vladimir Kozlov versus Santino Morella. No one in their right mind thinks Vladimir Kozlov. This guy's from Russia. This guy's just a brawler. He's going to beat everyone up. This guy comes out and just. Throws, throws everyone to the wolves, yeah, like, and, every, and he won. <laughs> it was amazing. I think I was giving three, but then Miz. Okay, so had a, Miz, you wanted you wanted to add to it. All right, so you're gonna give three. I do if that. I'm allowed to give What's the second one? one. So the first one was the tea party. Right. The second one, he was having this match with Jack Swagger, and it was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in the middle of a match. Jack Swagger was about to get beat up for something that he did to him. He said, "Whoa, whoa, no, 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 stop, 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 stop." And the crowd was chanting for Santino to get him, and he just stopped and looked at Swagger. And Swagger said, shake my hand. And Santino looked around and wasn't going to shake his hand. He said, shake my hand, Santino. He shook Swagger's hand and was waiting. He, he knew that Swagger had something up his sleeve. But no, Swagger shook his hand, brought him in for a hug, and uh, he gained Santino's trust. And Santino gave him a hug, and then... Swagger twirled him around in a circle. <laughs> For no apparent reason. And uh, and then he did that to Swagger, and then Swagger clobbered him and knocked him down. <laughs> and it was the most ridiculous thing I had ever seen in the middle of a match, and it was hysterical. He was laughing himself as he got knocked Santino down. Santino could get that over. Yes, and the third one was Santina. 
when Santina, when Santina won Miss sister. WrestleMania. I, With the unibrow. I was making the announcement, and we were doing the presentation. I think Candice Michelle was in the ring. I could not keep a straight face. <laughs> he, just hysterical. Everything I did with Santino, everything Santino did, and, and I was a part of it. Two, two things. My favorite ever was uh, Santino as, uh, as Charlie Brown when the special, <laughs> <laughs> the special guest host of Raw was uh, Snoopy the Dog. Uh, that's Snoop Dogg. That's Snoopy the Dog. Snoop Dogg. Oh, it's not Snoopy the Dog. It's not the dog with the ears. No, it's Snoop, Snoop Dogg the rapper. Oh, okay. And then he just leaves. That was great. The other one was that Candace Michelle was uh, Brian Gewertz wanted to make her the first diva to never have a tongue. And she would, what? She wouldn't have a tongue. She wouldn't be able to talk. She would just go <laughs> and point at things. <laughs> like, oh, okay, it's a bikini contest between Candace Michelle and, you know. <laughs> Whoever, and she'd be like, because <laughs> she couldn't speak. So I don't know why this always works with Candace Michelle, the diva. But Miz, you have married a diva. I uh, did. Maurice, an amazing, very cool girl. Well, I last time we did a, a podcast, I wasn't married. <laughs> That's right. And now, the second time we did a podcast that it was erased about a, about a couple minutes ago. Yeah, we told the story, so let's pretend that we haven't told it, and let's tell it again. I can tell the story. That's that's not a problem. It's a good story. It's your uh, wife. W- would you Would you like to do the all the way back to where we first met? Well, I mean, I mean, okay. Maurice was in the company for a long time. Uh, she's but she's been gone for a year, two years. Uh, but you've been together for uh, for a long six time. years. Yeah, we six, seven, eight. How she, did you ever hook up? It's with terrible. Maurice? It's terrible that like she'll go. What well, do you not know this? Did, we oh, we've been doing. Uh, we've been doing. Uh, I'm like I'm like. I apologize. Yeah, it's I I don't. I just we've been together for so long that I so, just I love being around you. Every day is like eternity. Yes, it's it's, it's amazing. So how did you meet her across the crowded room in a catering one day? Of what? course, yeah, the, of catering. Yes, no, it was actually uh, I was the host of the Diva Search, and when you're the host of the Diva Search, you got to actually play a part on what who you got to talk to all the yeah, divas. The well, yeah, well, saying. you know, all the divas wanted me. Actually, my ex girlfriend was a diva. What? Yeah. Who? Actually, an ex-girlfriend and a girl that I had relations with. Who? Uh, so my, okay. well, yeah, Kimmy, you wouldn't know who she is. She was, was just a, a girl. Yeah, no, no, she wasn't a diva. She was oh. in the diva search. Oh. So imagine this. Imagine you're the host of the diva search and you have a a role in picking out the top eight, right? Of who's going to be there, and your ex-girlfriend is one of them. Wow. Yeah. So. so I didn't actually. Uh, <laughs> of the thing, not. But, but the thing was, I was very. I was gonna go. All right, I'm gonna play this even. I'm playing skill, and I'm just gonna allow everything to go around because I knew like three or four of the girls in it, mm-hmm. and they they had no idea that I was one of the kind of judges slash hosts. And I remember one of the girls I was talking to, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm doing this thing for WWE. Like, I'm totally in it. I'm totally gonna win." Da, da, da. Like, no, it was literally like she thought she was she was she was in. She she was like, oh. "Yeah, I'm gonna win the whole thing. Like, I've already I've already won. I'm already a diva." Like, they basically told me that I'm gonna do this, 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 and this. So then I remember her coming in and me going, "Hey, like, you know, asking your questions," and and then like looking at everyone and going. Oh, she was lying to me. Wow. She's not the winner. Okay. Again. So this this is what girls do, that's huh? Why she's my ex. Yeah, this this is what girls actually Which, that's not the ex, that's the other one that we had relations, relations with. with. Do, so, do we give names on these or do we know who they were? Um, because I know a lot of those divas in those searches. 
God, I can't even remember her name. I remember my, my ex-girlfriend's name, Kimmy Brown. Kimmy Brown. Do we but remember her, Justin? The, you wouldn't remember her. And then the other one was actually like a uh, the, whoever was a teen uh, queen who got it taken off. I cannot remember her name for the well, life of me right like now. A crown and like the one yeah, she got, she had a crown and then she did something in Playboy and then she got decrowned. Hmm. Something Carmella? like that. No. Oh, that was the Chrissy Hemme year. Carmella was a Playboy. Yeah. No. 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 I think she ended up marrying like uh, people. The, people all over Twitter will be going blowing who's up the on guy this. Who's the guy used to be Cal- uh, know. Calgary Stampeder and ended up being quarterback Jeff something. Garcia? Jeff Garcia. She married. She Jeff married Garcia. Carmella. That's Carmella. Yeah. Yeah. Just had to remember that. Yes. So, uh, Justin, were you around during these days uh, for the um, diva searches? You were around, but I don't think you we were. You were the company for a long time. I think it was around. Yeah, I had nothing to do with them, but I was announcing probably. How long have you been announcing here for? 12 years. 2002? Yeah. How old are you right now? 34. So you started you were 22 years old. Yep, right what? out of college. Okay, let me ask this case. So Miz and I are wrestlers, very accomplished ones at that. I just and... got a text from Zack Ryder. It was oh. a, a group. Zack Ryder, uh, uh, Talk is Jericho alumni. What, what does Zack have to say? He just sent a picture of a bag of pistachios. Do you know why he why? sent a thing of this pistachios? Why is that? Because he's the worst with pistachios. If you ever drove with Zack Ryder and pistachios, this is what you'll hear. I don't know if it's a New York thing or if New Yorkers just don't know how to close their mouth when they eat, but he that's Zach Ryder. wide open when he eats normal food. And so it annoys, it's like, it annoys Justin so hard. It annoys Justin so bad. Take the little pistachio and, and eat it. How Nobody hard is would it know that. that? It, it's quiet. It's easy and it's quiet. But when he's in the car, you hear the shell. <laughs> he's like... Eating a liver with yeah, a fine candy. He, he really gets into And this is how you know you're eats. spending a lot of time with somebody. When you travel with somebody, and this is why I travel myself now because I'm, I'm the worst ever. You get to know everybody's eating habits, their driving habits, their sleeping habits, their viewing habits. Their I'm not allowed habits. to drive, Chris. Now, why is that? Uh, I drive with Justin. And you guys our, travel together and have yeah, years. Yeah, and doctor and our doctor. Dr. Eamon. Yes. And so Justin won't allow me to drive. Why? And I don't know. He got banned Justin. from driving years ago. Uh, he's very jerky when driving. In what way? Uh, gas, gas, break, oh, gas, gas. My gas. wife says the same gas, thing. Gas. By the way, yeah, my wife says the same thing, and I go, I, I don't see it. I don't know why. I think I'm a great driver. Mm. My wife says the same thing. Okay, so this is your wife. We, we didn't even get, get to, the, oh. to finish the story. You met <laughs> a lot of chicks. Some of them are ex-girlfriends, a lot of relations. You see Maritz across a crowded uh, diva room. And say this girl is awesome. No, actually, awesome. at first I had no idea what she. She didn't speak English. She spoke she, no English at all. Yeah, when she went to deeper search, she didn't speak any English. So we, she walks up and she goes, "Okay, what's your name? I'm Maris. Uh Awesome. Okay. Um, uh, why do you want to be a WWE diva? Because I like it. Like it was it's, <laughs> it's just a, a real snotty. Thing. Yeah, just just. Just, just, just businesses of yours. Because I want to. Why not? Why not? Because I'm hot. Because I'm like, hot. I look I good. Like everyone likes me. 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 Whatever. By the way, every time I do a Maurice, I've been with her forever. Mm-hmm. It feels like, and like, <laughs> I do the Russian accent of her. I still can't get her accent. <laughs> I still can't get her accent. She's Bridget Nielsen anyway, and Rocky. So, Ford. so anyway, she, she, like she, uh, she goes in there and she goes, "Why do you want to be a WWE?" Eva? Because I want to. Okay, you're on the next round. Done. She was hot. Done. Yeah. I hot. mean, she's good. Well, then that's so, half the battle. Yeah. So, 
when you're doing the diva search, there was like four people that that had kind of the decision. Obviously, the execs um, had all the decisions, but we had me and Ashley Massaro had kind of kind of had kind of had like a say, like, hey, this girl actually really did. Yeah, we can give our opinion and and kind of sway whatever we want. So we go through another round, and she still didn't speak English. Like it was like, all right, okay, this girl is hot. And she has personality, you can tell, mm-hmm. but she we, she can't speak the language that that everyone knows. Right. So we go on to the next round, and uh, one of the guys, the, the WWE execs, comes over to me and goes, "Listen, this next girl that comes in, she, um, I think she can be something. Mm-hmm. I think she can be talking about Maurice. Yeah, she can be something in this in this company. I think she can be really good." And I go, "Dude, if she can't s- speak English and cut a promo in English, then." She's not going to do anything, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If she can get a promo in French, game on. So Maurice comes in. I go, you know what? You can't cut a promo in English. And she goes, excuse me? Like, like gives me the, uh, the, 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 the like, kind of like she understood me. Right. But it was kind of like I was being a jerk like to her. Khaleesi in Game like, of Thrones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like Khaleesi in the Game of Thrones. Like she had dragons all like Marie's, Like Marie's had dragons all around her and she was like, you want to talk to me? <laughs> and so I go, listen, just cut a promo in French. She goes, Francais? I go, yes. Boom. This girl cut the sexiest. Like she ripped me apart mm-hmm. and I had no idea what she was saying. And I was... I think she was being really mean to me, but in the same sense, I was like, this is awesome. She knows my like, name. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. And and she just, she went off on like me, Ashley, like this, and no one knew what the hell she was saying, but we all literally looked at each other and went, yep, she's in. It's just, it's just the body language and the intensity yeah. of the voice. I remember when I was in Japan, I could never, I, mean, I don't speak Japanese, but when the guys would be like, nah, 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 nah. and they'd be looking at you like, ah, like if someone says that to you, probably want to fight. Like I'm not sure exactly what the word is, but the intention and the violent and the the intensity of the word is there. You yeah. Know? And, and actually you have done that quite a bit, Miz. Um, and Justin and I, we've I'll never forget the first time I went to uh, Japan and uh, everyone was working like everything was going so fast in Japan. Right. And then you had Yoshitatsu. And and I watched Super your Arena. and I watched your match and it was just very like you like I guess I guess in WWE you can watch a match and go, Wow, that is so beautiful. Like mm. it's very slow and you can see everything and you can just you can worship and, and you feel can it. enjoy it and you can feel it. Like in America, you can't do that anymore mm-hmm. because Americans are just so like, let's go, let's right, go, right, right. come on, come on. I need something more. I need something more. In Japan, they appreciate every little Nuance. movement. That's right. So I'll never forget when I saw the match with you and Oshitatsu, I went, okay, from now on, I am going to absolutely just enjoy Japan because you can do the slowest movements and make everything mean something. And it was just it was just so beautiful. I, I loved watching it. We just took our time. You know, yeah. I, I know you've you've been to Japan many times. Uh, you've announced many shows in Japan. What countries do you like announcing the best, Justin, over the years you've been doing this? 
I always like going to Japan just because the crowds are so respectful. They're mm. so polite. They watch. Just, yeah. Yeah. They, they, you, it's, like, it's like you do a move. Oh! Yeah. And it's quiet. Ooh. And you're like, ooh, all right. Yeah. It's just a totally different experience going there. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite places to go. Yeah. Best thing about Justin, like, though, like he will literally take photos and videos of every show that he announces yeah. from the ring. And you don't get to see that from anybody else because I'm not I don't have a phone on me. No, There's no one that has a phone on. Very good. You're also very good at using social media. I mean, I follow you on Instagram and you always have cool things in your pictures with fans and like you'll be in the middle of the ring filming the crowd or outside of the venue with a you know a statue of you know a bull or whatever the heck it is the way i look at it i'm a wrestling fan and i think this is a really cool adventure and i love what i do and and everything that i get to do is really cool right now we're in perth australia yeah. So this is cool. We're in Australia, and how many people do you know in the states? We're on say, the other side of the world, dude. Yeah. I would love to go to Australia. I've never been to Australia. So, whenever I'm at a show, whenever I go to a concert, whenever I do anything where I'm like, "Hey, this is really cool. Like, I think this is cool." I like to take everybody with me for the adventure. Right. Hey, tonight I was in the middle of the ring with Ric Flair. How cool is this? Perth, Australia, with Ric Flair. Took a picture in the middle of the ring with Ric Flair just so I could put that on Instagram and Twitter and say, hey, check this out. Like, Come with me, does, guys. This is really cool. Does the company ask you to do those sort of things or do you just do it? The company has never asked me and they've never said anything about what I've done. Mm-hmm. So until they say, hey, what no, are you but, doing that for? But I mean, why would, I'm, what I'm saying is that I was wondering if they almost say, hey, you should post a picture because you do a really good job of promoting the company on, on the social media, especially Instagram. Um, because obviously, you said you're a wrestling fan. My question is this. Miz and I are wrestling fans, got into the business to be a wrestler, which is hard enough as it is to get in. I mean, it's a real I thread the eye of the needle, bottleneck type thing. Thousands of people want to get in. Dozens get jobs. Wrestling announcers, I can think of, think of maybe two or three in the company right now, and I could maybe name eight wrestling announcers ever. Exactly. How do you decide that, okay, not only do I want to get into wrestling, which is hard, but I want to be a wrestling announcer, which is really the tip of the iceberg. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a wrestler. I lived for wrestling. That's all I was ever into. Grew up into. in Phoenix? No, in Chicago. Chicago. Chicago sorry. Grew up in Chicago. I would watch wrestling superstars on Saturday, wrestling challenge Sunday, primetime wrestling on Monday nights. I lived for that. And I wanted to be a wrestler. So I used to go to the matches in Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon, now the Allstate Arena. Great venue. It's best, definitely my best, favorite best. to I, this I, day. I would, uh, it's, it, you know what it is? It's the low ceiling. That it, wow, yes, it is absolutely the low well, ceiling. Part, but it's also the Chicago and fans. Nah, I disagree. Really? If there was a low ceiling in every single arena around, it would be the immense. You just the thing is, it just encapsulates the emotion that is there. Sometimes when it's too high, it's just you don't get that feeling. Sound floats up. Right. But yeah. but it it's. It's arguably every WWE superstar's one of their favorite arenas. The Chicago brethren, the crowd is nuts. Like they're yeah. always really loud. He doesn't want to give any credit to Chicago fans. Well, he's from Cleveland, so I hope they yeah. boo you next time you're in Chicago. Cleveland, LeBron well, being back. Well, Hollywood actually. So Staples cool. Center is my home. <laughs> I love the Clippers now. <laughs> yes. Lakers, thanks. 
Well, Clippers in LA too. Well, yeah, but the Lakers, the Lakers are champions. You and Nicholson and Jay Z front row for the Lakers games. That's what we do. Exactly. That's what we do. How it's done. He's wearing sunglasses and a scarf right now. I am. He's sipping brandy. Jealous. I I got my scarf from you, obviously, because because that's what you always will say. I actually wore a scarf. uh, I went through my scarf phase a couple times because of Keith Richards, by the way, and Paul Stanley. And I had a meeting with Vince one time where I was sitting there with my um, legs crossed wearing a scarf. And I had this really intricate, deep angle. And I was like, and this is going to happen. And then this guy, and here's the big crux. And here's the heel heat. And he's just looking at me. And I can tell he's not paying attention. And I'm like, are you listening to what I'm saying? He's like, look at you. <laughs> sitting there with your legs crossed and that scarf. Ugh, you're the most effeminate, tough guy I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, okay. If I uncross my legs and take off my scarf. And then here's what happens. Two weeks later, guess who comes to the ring wearing a scarf as a heel? Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> Why was he wearing a scarf? Because Vince told him to. Why? Because scarves are stupid. <laughs> Jericho wears a scarf all the time. <laughs> so you're in, you grew up in Chicago. Uh, where it's where I'm I like your transition, by the way. Scarves are stupid. So you're in Chicago. Most of the show, I got to keep things <laughs> yeah, rolling get, here. You know what I mean? It. I can't have dead air. Like maybe that Cabana guy might be happy with that. Not here. I'm talking Jericho. <laughs> I'm talking Jericho. I'll tell you that. So uh, I'm actually the funny thing is we're recording this podcast on August 9th, 2014, which is the exact 15 year anniversary. Congratulations! Of my first appearance in the WWE at the Allstate Arena. I was so, there. What? I was there for your debut. Really? Yep. What, what do you mean? Like, so, so you were at there? Uh, did you know it was going to be me, or what was the what was the buzz going on when I was there? When the you were buzz, there? just because my friends were all like the insider guys who always had to know what was going to happen before it happened. Knew it was going to be you, and we're all excited. No, how, for did, how did you no, know? How did you know? Like, that's that's crap. That yeah, that, yeah. that that that's a that's a. Well, you know what? But how did you know? Did, no you didn't know. Like, you didn't know because the thing or... is, I didn't know when he was coming out. When I two when he was yeah like yeah. two weeks ago when I'm like I'm like debuting and it's like oh oh great thanks buddy you know you could by the way I text him every day we talk all the time and he didn't tell me for the past three times he was coming back I'm like oh oh Jericho's back thanks buddy like I just t- talked to you five hours ago he wanted you to be surprised old, old school brother. Okay, you're so old. Old. you're so cool. You're so cool. Yeah, it was, the, yeah, it was actually so cool. one of my favorite things. You should thank him for not ruining it for you. And me. I always love this with Miz because we're really good friends and we always kind of bust each other's balls. And uh, I love the fact that he was coming back, his big return, and they said this is the return of the multimedia, pla- uh, multi-platform <laughs> mega superstar. And then it's him. But then I interrupt him. But the best part no. of all is I'm hiding under the arena in Hartford, and they have to bring him onto my bus. Yeah. Oh, so no. You have no idea what I went through. Send like, for the Miz. So, so I was I was trying to come back, um, like for for month. Like right, I was you were off making the Marine yeah. Forward. I was Marine Four, moving Target, doing it, and I was coming back, and I would come to TV every week, and it was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I? Are we ready? <laughs> are we ready? Are we ready? So then, finally, they're like, "We have something really big for you." Wow! And I'm like, "That's awesome!" This is it. I, and uh, what is it? Zena? We can't tell you. Is it rock? No, they go, we can't Orton? tell you. We can't tell you. I go. I go. What do you mean you can't tell me? We can't tell you. So I get there Monday, and I'm waiting. I'm like trying to figure out well, how. What am I dressing? You know what? I'm gonna dress in this because I don't know what. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like right. I'm just, I'm just gonna do. The, the yeah, I don't know what's going on. So, so five minutes later, they they come up to me and go, 
All right, well, you have to go meet Jericho on the bus. And I go, what do you mean? I was just text. I was just talking to Jericho like yeah, the boy. like yesterday. Like, what do you mean, Jericho? Jer- he's not here. I just texted him. <laughs> and they're like, no, he's here, and he's on the bus. And I go, what do you mean he's on the bus? Like, he couldn't, he couldn't come to male talent to talk to me? So I go up to the bus. I'm like, what, you, what, what the hell? He walks in the bus. I'm sitting in the back of the bus with, like, a martini glass and a big, giant uh, cigarette cigarette holder. Hello, Ms. Hello, hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Nice to see you again. Hello, hello. Michael. And then I told Corona, can you please tell Michael just take two steps backwards, please? I don't yeah. need him too close to me. You're almost, that, doing, you're almost doing me now. That worked out. That, that was good. Dude, you have no idea. So I go out there, and I'm like, wow. this. this it was a surprising pop for me because when, when I left – I was in in a, in a phase where people were just like, ah, like, yeah, you need, yeah. I need something more. I need something. And I was like, God, I know. Like, uh, I need to do something. I'm going to go do this movie. When I come back, I'm going to kill it. And, and it's it, it's East Coast. East Coast has never liked me. East Coast has always been very. West Coast doesn't really like your Central Coast. Yeah, You're but a guy the East Coast. You Indies, right? You went straight yeah, from reality TV dare the to WWE. Be in our fraternity of WWE. Oh, my God. He's not a tough guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Miz. So anyway, I go out there and I go, oh, all right, we're good. He comes like, to the ring and get a good pop. I, 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 yeah, I, I was like, all right. I'm happy to be back. I start cutting a promo, doing my thing, and I'm like, ah, this is going good. I'm, I'm really feeling it, everything. And then I say something, and then boom, 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 boom. Break the walls down. And I swear to you, I, I said when, 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 I, when, I, when, I, uh, when I came out, I was like, man, that's a good pop. And then, and then when, when, when you came out, I went, oh. That's a pop. I went, come on, man. This is, this is, this is crap. Are you kidding this, me? This is the best thing of all. Oh. I come to the ring and they had, they had this big, uh, you probably don't even know this, Justin. They had this big script prepared of like, Jericho says this and Miss says that. And Jericho says these lines and Miss says, I said, listen, this is all not good. I'm just not going to say a word. I'm going to go out there and just stare at Miz. Let- you weren't going to say a word. No, no, there was no doubt in my mind that you could get a word out. But I have okay, but I actually went and like said it'd be better because Ms. is my friend and I, I gotta take care of the kid. Let him go and just the talk kid. and get all your stuff over and I'll just stand there and then finally when he has a certain line, I'll just jump up in with the code breaker. What could the line be? I said, I know what the line is. This is the line I want. I want him to say, I am the Marine, damn it. Because he's talking with the Marines. He's like, and I've done this. And I've done that. Are you not going to talk to me? I'm the Marine, damn it. And I was like, that is the best line ever to have someone just cut you off. It's the greatest line ever. I, I'm not one to brag about it. but I'm the Marine, it, I'm the, damn it. I'm the Marine, damn it. Bam. Bam. <laughs> by the way, how could you how could you do that to the moneymaker, by the way? Well, that's a good gimmick. I'm a big fan of the moneymaker. I've given you a lot of counsel. I've, I've instructed you on what to do. To get oh, over. of course. Of course. Why do I wear an incomplete white outfit to, to the and, arena? And, and I would say this. You have taken credit for everything that I've ever done, by the way. The one thing I will give you credit for the fact that you literally did was you were like, dude, why don't you just get – the outfit that you wore the night that I gave you a code breaker the yeah, day you yeah. debuted. You and I was, like, I was like, I was like, because ah, you would come down right. the ring as the moneymaker, but still wear the old Miz uh, trench coat. 
Well, the fit. thing was, I was trying to get something made, but they didn't tell me that. Well, that's you know, you just got to go to to Kohl's and get your own thing. The bottom line is, I'm not going to Kohl's. Are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly who you are, idiot. This is the Miz and Justin Roberts, both on talk is Jericho with me and coming up favorite matches and the pickup artist Justin Roberts. He definitely uses his announcer voice to win over the ladies. He's not shy about it either, and he's even giving a little demonstration. But first, if you're pissed off at your season-long fantasy football team because your players aren't performing and you're losing every week, head to DraftKings.com right now and get in on the chance to win some instant cash. And you can get free entry into the $100,000 fantasy football contest contest this weekend where first place takes home ten thousand dollars go to draftkings.com right now and enter the promo code y2j and get a free shot at the ten thousand dollar first place prize that's right enter y2j at draftkings.com for a free shot at taking home ten grand with draftkings.com you always have a shot at the money you never have to worry about injuries and bye weeks you can stack your team every single week and remember enter y2j for a free entry into the one hundred thousand dollar fantasy football contest this weekend, that's DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Hey everybody, Steve Austin. I'm taking your phone calls on the family-friendly version of the Steve Austin Show. I opened up the phone line so I could talk a little wrestling, sports, whatever else is on your mind. This is your show, gang, and we're doing it all so the whole family can participate. So download the family-friendly Tuesday edition of the Steve Austin Show now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Talk is Jericho. I'm here with Justin Roberts and The Miz. When you change your gimmick, you got to change the gimmick. So people still get mad at me. Why don't you have the countdown? Why didn't you call yourself Y2J? Why did you do this? Because you just have to change and reconstruct everything, get rid of the past, move into the future. But, But before we talk more about me... I want to hear what you have to say about me, Justin. You're in, you're in Allstate Arena. So did you know that it was Jericho coming back? You said that you kind of... The buzz, was, the buzz that was that it was there. you. That was and kind of the buzz, right? Once it was you, it was like, okay, this is awesome because I liked you from WCW. You were one of my favorites from there. In fact, we went to a house show... I hated in- Jericho in WCW, by the way. Well, you were supposed to. Hated. Mark. You watched that because that was pre-Attitude Era. Yeah, I know. You, you still give me crap on the fact that I didn't watch... WCW. I watched WCW, ECW, everything. I, I watched, watched it all before Attitude Era. Okay, that's before good. Attitude. That's I was wearing streamers on my arms, painting my face like Ultimate you Warrior. Love the Warrior. So 91, 92, WWF, and then Attitude Era, right? Yeah. Well, I went. I went from I, and I lost a little bit, and then I came back. Right. Okay. So, so ninety one, ninety two, oh, WWF. You're so cool, Attitude Justin. Era. You're so cool with your little magazines and everything like that. <laughs> I think Justin and Miz might actually get in a fight here. Which would be cool because it's all audio, so we just have to make the sound effects. Dude, you mean, we like drive together. We drive together, like and then this, this is this is the conversation that we have every single time that we are so on a drive. So you no, know, the conversation in the car is right, huh? 
Oh, wait, so you didn't hear anything that I just said for the past three minutes. <laughs> nope, because I'm not listening. You have to say Earth to Miz right, to get his attention. We, we call him well, Captain Well, you, you have to actually uh, draw my attention. And if not, he's slapping you around like a dot-com guy. Anyways, so you're at the Allstate Arena. Uh, you see Jericho come out. You know the – we don't have to talk more about me. My question is this. We got into the business. Miz was a big uh, Ultimate Warrior fan. I was a big uh, – I loved Hogan. I loved Ricky Steamboat. I loved Owen Hart. When you're getting the business, you want to be a wrestler, probably thinking it's not going to work out for me. Did you have like was was like Howard Finkel one of your heroes or Mel Phillips or? I looked in the mirror when I was 15 and I a wanted to be a wrestler. <laughs> what a nerd! Um, I'm 15 years old and I look in the mirror and I said, "There's no chance that I could ever be a wrestler." I had been it's talking to. I just I didn't look like the wrestlers that I saw on TV. Right. And I had met Just Incredible and PJ Walker, all the Montoya. And he had given me the phone number of his friend who had a wrestling school in New York. So I had called Tony DeVito. And I didn't know, I just knew his name was Tony at the time. Tony DeVito did enhancement uh, work for WWE, and then he went to ECW as one of the Baldies. Right, right. So he was a great guy. And uh, I would call him when I was 15 and, and pick his brain and... The conversation we had was embarrassing um, In what way? On, on my part because I told him that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I, I wanted to be like Bret Hart. Not one of those guys that loses every week. I wanted to be like Bret Hart in the WWF. Like and the champion, basically. After being friends with him for a few months, then it was – then I realized one day like watching Razor Ramon defeat Tony DeVito that the Tony that I had been talking to was Tony DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I was embarrassed, but he was a great guy. Uh, I knew that I couldn't go out to New York to the wrestling school. I didn't know of any wrestling schools in Chicago. I wanted to be a wrestler. It wasn't going to work out. What else can I do to get in? And I knew to be a manager, to be a referee, to be a wrestler, you had to go to wrestling school. Mm-hmm. What about ring announcers? Hmm. I don't think Is you that- have to go to school for that. Okay, yeah. there's my in. <laughs> So I did different voices, and the ring announcer voice was one of them, just a forced, ladies and gentlemen, you know, very forced, over-the-top announcer voice. Okay, cool. I'll use that to get in, and I'll be a ring announcer. And uh, I didn't think about it at the time, how hard it was. I just, I actually never expected to be in the WWE or WCW at the time. I just figured, this is cool. I love wrestling. I just want to be a wrestling announcer. Be around the boys and be around everything, right? I I didn't expect to ever make it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Work independence, whatever, whatever I could announce. Mm-hmm. So that was the goal. And uh, when I was 16 years old, I got put on a show. Dave Prezak uh, had his wrestling hotline, and I'm not sure if I brought this up on this one or the first. No, the, the, the first, first go round. The reason I'm laughing is that you totally have like your ring announcer's voice. It's like you know, like I know some DJs. They're like, "Hey, Chris, how you doing today?" I'm like, "Dude, you don't have to talk to me." Do anymore. I talk you're, like that? You kind of do. Always. You kind of really? always. This is just like no matter boring. where we are at, like I drive with him, no matter where, it's always announcer voice. <laughs> and it, especially when like we go we go to anywhere, like this is the guy that is the greatest man that can pick up women anywhere anytime. Really? Yes. You have no idea how good he, he keeps it all secret though. Listen, I'm from the real world. I don't know if you knew that. But <laughs> I was unaware of that. But the thing you know is Pac? I do you know, know Pedro. Pac. I know Pe- I know I, I actually never met Pedro, oh. but I know everybody. I love Pedro. I am I'm I'm never the man. I I am I'm, I'm like good. the god amongst men of real worlders. So besides Pac. So 
when when I was on Real World, I could pick up any girl anytime, anywhere. Wow. And then I thought I was I thought I thought I was the man. I thought I was the man until I met Justin Roberts. And what's his secret? The Gavorkia? You, you, you don't get it. Like it's he has no like quantum it's like it's like you know when you you're, you're like you're looking at a girl and you're like, ah, well, she has a boyfriend, da da da. Right. He doesn't care. He doesn't it doesn't matter. She has a boyfriend. She doesn't matter. He will look on Twitter, find her boyfriend, the boyfriend will talk to him, and then he'll get the girl like unfollow it's, him. It's 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 like swerving everything. It's 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 the most amazing thing that you've ever seen. Like when we're we're at a restaurant, like this guy will literally like it, it's like this. Okay. So we were at we were at this this restaurant and this girl was at a podium. <laughs> And podium? like the, you mean the hostess? Yes, the, okay. the yes, the hostess. She's at a podium giving a speech. Or a po- no, she's not a podium. She, okay, she's leading you know, people. The podium. When you walk in, what the, what the is the girl doing? At she's the at podium. a podium. She's waiting to be seating. So so right. so Justin decides to call this girl while we're eating. <laughs> I was curious. But but call her. How but did you get her number? But, but thing is, things he didn't tell us. So we we are all sitting there having a conversation. Justin's on the phone, and then we look over. And the girl is on the phone as well, and and we're looking at him asking questions, and she's answering them over there, and they're talking, but and, and they're, they're, they're twenty quick. feet. He looked on the internet for the stupid number of the of, of the Bannigans. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. Like he has no qual. It doesn't matter. Right. It, it who cares? And, and the thing is, he walked out with that girl. The girl was hot, and she. I was like, there's no way that's gonna work. It worked. Bam, it worked. It worked. And you know why? It's a, it's a, here's what it is. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Who's this? Justin Roberts, WWE announcer. Really? I think you're looking really right. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us at your restaurant. Like that's you like you're like I said, yeah, you, that, you would take her up for like Sunday brunch at the country club. Can I take you up for brunch? It's ridiculous. My cousin, by the way, my cousin. Give so, me name. What's the name? No, no. So we're at my wedding, right? No name like, necessary. So, so, so my, my uh, Kendall. Kendall. So shout out to Kendall. I, I have a beautiful Kendall, uh, a beautiful oh, cousin. Girl. Beautiful She's cousin. Hot. Really hot. Mm. So uh, we're at my wedding. Justin's there. And Justin's like, so tell me about Kendall. I'm like, no. No, I will not she, tell you about Kendall. She's not for you. No, she's not for you. So Justin decides to literally like be on Facebook and Twitter, and then I figure out his game. I figured it out because she would text me going, so tell me about Justin. I go, well, and, and, and he's my friend, but yeah. I know him. Right. So I'm like, this is my cousin. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and like go, oh, you should totally go for him because he's just, he's just, he's just for it. But he's a nice guy. Like, you know, it. I'm I'm going I'm going. What do you think of Justin? Well, he's so nice. Like he's sweet a guy. He's funny. He's this. And I'm like, well, that that's cool. That's, that's a wake, that's that's a wake up call. That's a wake. Up. Can I answer the phone? Oh wait, hold on. It's a wake up call. This is exclusive with Jericho. Hello, we're actually uh, just doing a podcast here right now. The son of a bitch just hung up on me. So my cousin texts me and goes, "So tell me about Justin." By and I go, "Say that was our wake up call because we're supposed to be sleeping because we're leaving to go back from Perth to Sydney." We're not sleeping. We're too busy hearing the story. Because we're, go- we're going Perth to Sydney, Sydney to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to, to Portland. To, to Portland. It's like a 30-hour flight. And that's why we decided to flew in from Sydney. And you were like, you're like, do you want to do a podcast right now? And I was like, yeah, who are we going to get? 
and I said, "We'll get Justin." We're Roberts. Gonna, we're gonna get Justin Roberts, right. and I was like, like, "I was like, I'm guys. in." There was thirteen other guys ahead of him on the list, but he actually answered the phone, and he's here. Yeah, and we're happy to have him. So the cousin comes, Kendall. And she wants to know about Justin. Hi, I'm Justin Roberts. And I, I was like, I heard you in, in my in my head. I'm going, well, this is this is the Justin Roberts that I know. Like, this is my good buddy. But in another sense, I know him as hello, ma'am. A single guy looking a for Miss Wright. Because no, looking for Miss Wright. Maybe <laughs> you are looking M-I-C. for Miss Wright. But my my okay. cousin is not Miss Wright. She's okay, not I didn't know. I, I never know until I get to of know someone. Of course, but you never but know. You can't fight she, it, dude. She, like uh, my text with her went through like I would never I would I would never like like just put down just because Justin is just a good right. guy like no, I but either. I know him so I'm I'm trying to You're wary yeah so you didn't want to be related we could have been cousins Miz <laughs> no I don't want to be, be just, I don't want to be related to be Justin Mizan it was it was it was amazing that, that he he could con my cousin right. Into but that's like his thing. he's great like, at this. He's, he's great at just just but that's making do people do things. But let's not on the. Uh, like, for, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. So a Tumi bag, I was broken. Tumi to, to to, bag is luggage, very fancy luggage. Luggage, luggage. Because because you have to send it back. You send it back weeks. six weeks. It's not gonna get done, man. Six weeks. I, I need, who, can I, aff- who can do that? We I, have, we I need, need my stuff. Da, da, da. I get Justin Roberts on the phone. Boom. And by the way, I was on them. I was on them for hours upon hours upon hours. I get Justin Roberts on the phone. Fifteen minutes later, he goes, "Hey, not only is your is your bag okay? Yeah, you got a new bag." He's very good at that. He's great at and it, and he's great at getting cheaper prices for hotels. everything. Cheaper prices for hotel. Are you kidding me? He doesn't have to get cheaper prices for a hotel. I drive with this guy, and literally, he will just be like, "Ah, oh, I just I just felt like it." Because the thing is, the company pays for his stuff, not mine. Right. Uh, I don't know why. He could, he, could, he could take a four hundred dollar Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, but we'll get you know the Marriott down to. We only do Marriotts, kids. Sorry, we only do Marriotts. The money maker. I should know better. Let me ask you a question, Justin. Uh, you're talking about being a ring announcer, and obviously you've been in the W for twelve years. Very good at what you do. Thank you. What is the most important component to being a good ring announcer? That's a My job is to enhance the entrances. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's to get people engaged at the start of a live event. At TV, it's different, but at a live event, you know, welcome everybody because these are wrestling fans who have been waiting for this day to come, to come right. to the show and just have fun. So I want to share that enthusiasm with them and, and greet them with the same enthusiasm that they're coming out with. So it, it's that, getting them engaged, and then my job is to make the entrances as best as possible from my standpoint. You know, I, I could only do so much. You guys are the superstars. You guys are who they're coming to see. They're going to cheer you. They're going to boo you. They're into you. All I'm there for is to enhance the entrance as best as possible. So how do you decide, like, let's say you have a, a new person coming in or, you know, somebody coming back. Like, what kind of a tone do you use to say their name. Like, okay, let's say it's Chris Jericho. What makes you say, like, how would you introduce Chris Jericho to the ring? I try to anticipate the reaction that somebody's going to get before mm-hmm. I announce them. So Chris Jericho coming back, um, fan favorite, so to speak, Chris Jericho coming back. That announcement's going to be, you know, Chris Jericho, and it's going to end in an up note. Because you do it like a Jericho, like you I, put a thing on it at I the end of it. guide the crowd to go along with oh, what I'm going for. If yeah. you want them to build, you kind of 
build the last Is that weird that I, I kind of try to manipulate the audience as I'm announcing? But it's not, though, because once again, here's something, and, and Miz will agree with this. Everything is a, a strategic part Absolutely. in what we do. And it's even from, like, your ring music. Like, your ring music has to be spot on. Like, because the entrance is 50% of the show. Maybe even 60. Like, that's the moment. Like, oh, wow. So the music has to be right. Our, our meaning Miz and I's reaction, attitude, strut to the ring has to be right. Look, how do you, where do you, where do you stare? And your component of being the announcer is an important part of that as well. To be honest with you, I overanalyze just about every announcement that I make. Mm -hmm. With every announcement I'm making, I'm thinking about putting a pause here, holding this a certain time, and ending on an upbeat or on a downbeat. And I overthink everything. I've discussed that with Lillian at ringside before because she's like, man, you're, you're really overthinking this. Do you this. talk and to Lillian about stuff like that? Because Lillian's been around longer than you have. And, well, she was gone for a while and then came back. Yeah, yeah. She started in the WWE before me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do I Who's do a better, lot of you or Lillian? Because, you know, she works TV once a week and, mm. and I'm at four shows, shows a week. Right. Yeah, so... I do a lot of shows, and I have a lot of time to think about, oh, I did this on Friday, and I like that, or oh, I did this on Saturday's show, and last week on TV, I did this, I kind of like that, I didn't like that. So I overanalyze every announcement that I make. What's your uh, relationship with Kevin or Vince? Like, have they ever given you any um, instruction? Like, okay, this, like, I don't know, like, Rusev is coming, and you have to say it this way, or like, have they ever sat you down and said, we want this out of you? Never. Really? They've never done that. They just leave it completely up to you. The only thing I get is when I do something that they don't like. For, give me one example. Why did you do this? Or why did you do that? Is there a name that you said wrong or something? Uh, or? I mean, the last one was just a couple of weeks ago at Battleground. Mm. Was that the last pay-per-view? Um, it was the tag match, the tag elimination match. Or no, not tag elimination match. It was the tag team match, two out of three falls. The and uh, Usos and Wyatts. Usos and the Wyatts. And... You know, like I said, I overanalyze everything I do. So whenever there's two out of three falls or elimination, if it, if there was uh, if there was an elimination match, I would say you know whoever has been eliminated. I've just for years always in a very subdued voice because I don't want the crowd to think it's over. Mm -hmm. No matter how many times you explain the rules, there are still people who are wondering, well, why didn't the bell ring? Why right. did this happen? So on the first pinfall, instead of saying the winners of the first fall, Lord, I just I've never done that. There was no bell, and it was just me saying, you know, the winners of the first fall, blah, 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 blah. And I got chewed out for it. And They wanted it was, more, more yeah. fire, more energy? At the same time, I don't even know, you know, if it was that or was the mic just not turned up. I, I don't know. Mm. I just did what I always do in that spot. Mm. So then on the next fall... The winners of the second fall, the Usos, like totally different from Over the, the first one. Yeah, because you know I, I was scared. I didn't you know have, what you to wear do. a little thing in your ear that will say, no, Vince "I don't, will, I don't have anything in my ear. I have no direct communication." But someone will tell you they want more. Yeah, energy. I, I got somebody handed me the headset, and you don't want to get handed the headset in the middle of a Is show. It Vince talking to you or Kevin? It's both. Damn it! It's what's wrong with you? So, uh, it, what's your name again? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to go under the radar, you know, to yeah. do a good job and not have to have them say anything mm -hmm. to me, not get any direction, or not get any. Why did you do this? Or why did you do that? So, usually that's how it goes. But in this case, 
it was a quiet announcement just because that's what I've always done, what I thought was appropriate. Obviously, it wasn't. So I fixed it and um, changed it up for the Usos winning the next fall. Then when they did the replay right after that match, they actually replayed the pinfalls. So you hear the winners of the first fall, the winners, the winners of the second fall, the Usos. And it sounded so... Do you ever listen to yourself and go, man, I sound like a dummy? Oh, it was horrible. Boy, do I sound like a big wimp. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I hear myself. (laughs) Right now, as a matter of fact. Right? Nice white teeth. (laughs) Miss, um, let me ask you a question. You mentioned the moneymaker. We talked about the big return where where you came back, and then I obviously trumped it because I'm Chris Jericho. You're so cool. I mean, you have a really cool new character um, because you were gone for four or five months shooting the Marine because you're the Marine, damn it. Did you come up, like, did you have an idea, like, listen, okay, I'm coming back to WWE after four, five, six months, whatever it's been. I need to have something new. Is this character with the moneymaker and the Hollywood kind of... It's new, but it's like, in WWE, you have to evolve. You always are ever ever evolving. I agree. And I felt felt so stale when I I was, when I was getting, when I got the, the, the movie Marine 4, I was like, thank... God, mm-hmm. because I need something Cause you to really get. Because I, I don't get injured, and the thing is, when you don't get injured, you legit go, man. Like I need to get injured or something, because everyone gets injured and then they come back and it's like, oh my God, the he's o- back, he's back. Oh, the only oh. way you get a chance to leave here in the WWE is if you get injured, basically. yeah, or if, unless you just like leave, or, or you just keep or going and just keep going through the routine. And it's like when you go through routine and you're like, oh, man, like I know I could be doing better, but I just I can't think of anything because I have no time to do anything else. Right. Nothing like this because is it. You're also one of those guys. You're a go-to guy, Miz. We need you to do uh, press in uh, Bahrain. I'm there, dude. I'm going Miz, to Malaysia in a week, right? And, and we need you to do a signing here and do this radio station and do this press tour. You're always and going. I don't say no. Right. That's my problem. I never say no since the beginning of since I first came to WWE. I remember going to the talent relations department and going, "Listen, if there's anyone that doesn't want to do anything, you'll do. It. I will do." It all. I would do the radio. I would do the TV. I would do everything because it's all about grassroots. It's all about working your way to becoming bigger and better than than you could ever imagine. And now I I am I am here going. All right. Well, you know what? I have been on every. I remember watching the Justin Bieber like movie on an airplane. Never yes. Surrender. Yeah. I I, I, I watched I watched I it. it, and I remember them Be going. Badass. There is not a a radio station that Justin Bieber has not been on and I said in in America well you know what there's not one that I've been on in the world because that that's that's how dedicated I was yeah so that's just the dedication that I go through right great but but, but after saying that though knowing that okay I need a I need to get away from here I'm not going to get hurt Miz we're going to have you do the Marine 4 which is pretty huge because huge Marine 3 was a big hit, one of the biggest WWE movies ever, and you're the first person to ever be cast in a sequel to a WWE film. When they legit called me, I was in a doorway, and I wanted to high-five people, but there was no one around, and I couldn't believe it because when the Marine 3 happened, one of my buddies was a Marine, and he got shot down in... Afghanistan and one of your buddies from school yeah like from high school was a legitimate marine le- le- legit marine 
it, his name was Jeff Boscovich. I like to support yeah. him because his that family is Jeff. just. Oh, so he he was he was he was he was a marine. He was a true marine. He was killed in the line of duty. Yes, in the line oh, of duty, wow. and he and he would we would always have parties at my house where we would watch WCW, WWE, ECW because that was our our time when we were in high school, and it was a time for us to all to conglomerate and just get together. Mm-hmm. And he got shut down in the line of duty, and now I'm being casted as a marine. Mm. So I'm like. Man, if I don't do this properly, and if I don't learn how to hold the gun the properly way that that a marine does it, or fight the way marine fights, then this is going to be nothing for Jeff. Like this is this is going to be crap. So I made sure that that happened. You're almost doing these movies, or this next movie is, is kind of a tribute to Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Like there, there is always in the back of my head going, "All right, I have to do this." And people will go, nah, you got, you'll look cooler if you do this. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do a high kick because it's not a life-death situation mm-hmm. because that's what a Marine is in. Right. A Marine is in a life-and-death situation. I'm not going to do a, a flying kick off of, 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 of a wall because that's not that's not it, real. It might look cooler for the yeah. stunt, but a Marine would never do yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I remember when, when Cena did the first Marine – He's, he might even still salute. He does it very... Yeah, he always does it. He does it the way a Marine would do it because I remember I was like, you know, you take a lot of time is because I was I played a Marine. I have to now... I'm I'm a offshoot Marine. I have to salute like a Marine because this is what I learned to do and it's kind of the same with you. You're doing it the way a Marine would do it. Yeah, and then, then, imagine, then imagine not only that you do one movie but then they're going, hey, we don't do this often. We've never, never. done this actually before. But we're going to do this again, and you're going to be the Marine, the only person to ever really we're, – we're franchising you more or less. You're the Marine, damn it. I'm the Marine, damn it. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's very it, impressive, too, how he's gone from you know, wrestling. He, actually, from the real world, he went from reality TV, wanted to be a wrestler, lived for wrestling. I mean, early on, of course. Wanted to be a wrestler. Now he's, he's taken the wrestling world. You know, he's just – He's done everything yeah. there is in wrestling. Now he's making movies. He's he never turns down a media appearance. He does every media appearance. He does every interview. He goes to all these countries and the, mm-hmm. like. It's amazing. No, he it, does a it, hell of a job. And here's the thing. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk. The hardest with, working with, guys. With these you guys is you know we take the piss out of each other. That's what friends do. But lots of respect. All the stuff that you've accomplished because you know you came into the business like I I, I might not have been. One of the guys outwardly, but I know a lot of my friends are like, "Look at this guy coming in." You did give me a ride, and like, like, like we 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 were in Montreal, yes. and we had a karaoke night where everyone was singing, dancing, doing whatever. It was one of my first nights there, and you were one of the only person that you. I, I didn't have you. a ride. Yeah, <laughs> talked to me, and then literally gave me a ride to the airport. Yes, and then you were gone. Yeah, I, and I was I like, left. "Thanks, man." I was gone for like two years. But, like um, two months later, I'm kicked out of the locker room. I'm like, "Thanks, bro." I, I wouldn't have helped you, but you wouldn't have. I, I appreciated what you went through because I could tell that you really wanted to do this, and here you are, also really wanting to act. You've done, been the leading man in three movies, and you can say this other thing: I mean, three movies, leading man. That's huge, huge stuff. And also for you, like I said, uh, announcer in a wrestling business. There's five. Four, three, and I remember before you even got signed. I remember you. I don't know why. I remember something about your dad. Your dad passed away, 
and, and I was his, I was one of his favorite wrestlers or something, and you asked me to call your dad. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. And that was maybe you had that just was early on signed, when I had first started. But even I remember just saying like this kid, like I appreciate the fact like out of nowhere because I know what it's like and you know what it's like. I want to do this off. You want to be a wrestling announcer? You want to be a wrestler? You're, like, you're stupid. You're never going to do it. But you did it. Buck the odds. And I just remember thinking that's pretty cool. And same with you as well. I mean, you guys have gone far and above what probably all your friends thought you could do because that's what all of us do. You, you, you make a goal and you go for it. Make it happen no matter what. No matter Everyone will always tell you that you're not going to get it. That's right. Whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everyone. Everyone will always have something to say to say, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be an announcer. You're not going right. to be a WWE superstar. It's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I remember I heard Paul Stanley said this like in 1987. The only people that tell you you can't do something are the ones that have failed. I'm not going to tell you you can't do something because I did it. You can do it. And I was, I was like, yeah, like I want to be a wrestler. I want to be in a rock band. You'll never do it. I want to be an announcer. I want to be a wrestler. So it's cool that we are able to come here. And it's a long travel day we have ahead of us. 30 hours. And we're still on yesterday's travel day. Yesterday's travel day. We're still jet lagged from getting here. But if you would have told me or you, Ms. or you, Justin, 20 years ago that, hey, someday you're going to go to Australia. I like that you're in Justin's, Justin's, Justin's frame of tone. What's that? You're totally in Justin's frame of tone. Hey, everyone. You're, <laughs> you're going to be in the WWE someday. And you're going to be wrestling in front of 10,000 people. I mean, we are here and it's a long trip, but man, it's all worth it because this is living our dreams. We're in yeah. Perth, Australia, man. We're on the other side of the world. It was fun when, when, when you were like, dude, just want to do a podcast right now. And I was like, love it. I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, I was like, who else is in there? It's Justin. And I go, Done. perfect. I the, drive with him every day. Yeah. And the best thing of all is that we had to do it twice because the first one died. Guess how long we've been talking this time? How long? Hour. Jesus Christ. Hour. And we, we could have, have been. We could have done the whole day. We, we, we could just. Yeah, we could just keep going. We'll this just. Way, up this that this is a, all new stories. Really like, we didn't read. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, we didn't read any of the old stories. I talked to my my ex girlfriend in this one. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. so what the hell? Long travel day ahead of us, and I wanted to say we had. We're still coming off the long That's travel right. day that we started on, but it's so cool that we're doing this because like this is fun and this makes this breaks it up. Yes. Instead of like sleeping for an hour, which won't do it. The worst. Let's just wait till we get in the plane. This is really cool. Sleep there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I was able to have you guys i know we have to break pretty soon because we gotta go pack our bags it's actually i'm looking at the clock it's 3 12 a.m and we're not stamped because like oh we're partying no we're staying up for something to do because we have to leave at 3 45 to go back to the airport for quickly off my head a 25 hour flight total plus about five hours of waiting time so we got 30 hours ahead of us and we chose to spend our last waking hours with all of you the sexy beast talk is jericho listeners one last thing before we go miz i asked this before um, I know you said before one of your favorite matches was you versus Cena. Uh, what's your favorite match that you ever watched, Miz, as a fan? or Undertaker Mankind. No doubt in my mind. Wow. Hell in the Cell. Hell in the Cell. I'll never forget where I was, what I was doing, and there was, there was 10 of my friends. We were all watching it, and when he got thrown from the top of the, the cage, I, I was like, this is, Insane. This is incredible. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a Hell in a Cell? No. Okay. Here's the thing about Hell in a Cell. I had one. On the ground looking up, you're like, eh, it's not so bad. Whatever. You go up to the top of that thing and look down. Mick Foley 
is the craziest person I've ever met in my life. Because when you're standing there, dude, if it was you and me, we'd be hugging each other going, please don't. Please don't. When I won the Money in the Bank ladder match, I was up there going, oh, my God, I won the ladder match. Oh, my God, this is really high. Yeah, yeah, this is really this is ridiculous. Cage. Yeah, You're going to fall through yeah. a little desk that's like the size of a ruler. Yeah. Justin, uh, favorite match that you ever saw from ringside after comment, uh, after not commenting, after announcing? Uh, I always hate that question because I see, you know, four days a week, every single match at ringside. Mm-hmm. So I see so many good matches. Um, Are there a couple that stand out? Doesn't have to be from a pay-per-view. I mean, like Undertaker WrestleMania matches because I've always been an Undertaker fan. And just to see that at WrestleMania and that's his moment, deal. Just the moment, yeah. So, I mean, all of those. How did and you feel this year? Were you at ringside when, when Brock won? Yeah, I was there. I, I was making the announcement. And uh, one, two, three, I just looked at Mark Yaten ringing the bell like, whoa. And, you had, that, and no one had any idea. No. Just do what you're told. No. Read this name. That was it. The bell rang. And I just, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. You think anything, it was a screw up? I did. Yeah. I really did. And, um... And then there was just silence for, I think, almost a minute. From 70,000 people. I got the finger. I got the – he pointed at me, which is my cue because I, I don't have any direct communication with anybody. Mm-hmm. So Yaten pointed at me, and that's my cue to say, here's your winner. And it was just, wow, silence. And then out of nowhere, the winner of this match, Brock Lesnar. And then you got the reaction, which – you can normally anticipate the reaction you're going to get when I said Brock Lesnar. That reaction was unlike anything that I've ever done before. It wasn't yay. It wasn't boo. It was uh, like it was just really. Did like, you guys ever see the movie Seven? Yeah, of course. Remember the final scene when? Ah, uh, uh, spoiler alert! When Brad opens the box and it's Gwyneth's head. That's what that finish reminded me of, where nobody could fathom it. Or the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. Yeah, oh my god. You're watching you just, this. Spoiler alert, by the way. I just said Red Wedding, Game of Thrones. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, you, you just, you just that, watch it and you're it's like... It's the most amazing thing oh I've ever god, seen in my life. This is... The, this is like, what, what the hell is happening? Like, by the way, this entire uh, trip in <laughs> Australia, me and Jericho have been going through all three seasons. Actually, we're the same we, place. Yeah, we're at the same place. So we, we've been literally like at the same spot the entire time. So we've been going, oh, oh, the right way, oh, oh, this person, this person. Oh. The worst thing is there's still season four. I know, but we, we can't, can't get it because it's not on DVD. Yet, can't get it. So. Game of Thrones guy? Haven't seen it yet. Oh, you got to get into it, Matt. Dude, it's amazing. Right. Guys, awesome. Let's go pack our bags and uh, go back to the States, eh? All right. Thanks to The Miz and Justin Roberts. Hey, listen. You see, Roberts is a very talented guy, very bright, very driven. He's going to be okay in every single thing he does. Plus, Justin was an unsung hero at ringside. I wanted to bring that up, too. He never really asked for credit or, or, or got any, but he's a guy who would always find you know, kids in need, or I know when my family was there, he brought them water. He just, just very much uh, always looking to see who was in the crowd if somebody needed something. And if I needed someone to come backstage, I'd text Justin and say, hey, can you bring my friends backstage or whatever it may be. He was actually the first person that uh, saw Connor McKellick in, in the audience and got him to be able to live his dream of, of hanging out with WWE superstars and coming down to the ring. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole Connor thing that you see in the WWE, Justin was the guy who first uh, saw Connor in the crowd and brought him backstage. So 
anyways, this isn't a, a, an hour-long tribute to Justin Roberts. I just wanted you guys to know what kind of a guy he was, and I thought it was very timely. And of course, The Miz, loud as always, love him, one of my best friends in the business. A really cool fly-in-the-wall conversation between three guys on the road. Hope you dug it. Uh, I hope you liked it. Thanks for listening, and thanks to all of you who bought a copy of my new book, The Best in the World, at what? I have no idea. And you know I wouldn't be doing this at all if not for you guys downloading two shows every week, and also if not for my sexy beast sponsors who help us pay for the production costs of doing this for you for free for twice a week. And if you want to help support the show, easiest way to do that is do your online shopping through my Amazon links. Easy to find. Go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page, and you'll see all three of my Amazon links, UK, USA, and Canada. Hey, every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. Go buy my book. Go buy the new Fozzie record. Go buy the new Texas Hippie Coalition record and uh, make sure you come check us out on the Cinder Block Party, which starts November 20th in Flint, Michigan. Fozzie, Texas Hippie Coalition, Shaman's Harvest, FozzieRock.com for all the dates, November 20th to December 12th. I'll see you at my book signings as well. Uh, and also, if you want something cool, go check out HandsToGo.com, which is an amazing self-massaging device. It'll, it'll change your, uh, your, your life too if you're having some issues. Go to Amazon.com and pick up HandsToGo uh, as well or go to HandsToGo.com and check it out for yourself. All right, that's it. Another fine edition of Talk is Jericho. We'll see you next week. But in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And next week on Wednesday, their band has a new record coming out after seven years away from the scene. One of the biggest rock and roll bands, heavy metal bands in the world today is Slipknot. My buddy, my brother, Corey Taylor, uh, the other member of Doomlot our band that we put together that has done no songs or anything other than just a really cool name of Doomlot. Corey Taylor will be here on Wednesday, and what an amazing conversation it is. So we will see you then. Stay cool, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. 